Good morning. Do you ever have those moments when you wish you'd said or done something differently? Maybe you wished you'd brought the cake out of the oven two minutes earlier or two minutes later. Maybe you'd hoped you'd said a gentle word with someone rather than reacting with a more severe one. Maybe you'd wished you'd played a different golf shot at the crucial moment in a match. Sometimes I have those moments with messages I give from the Bible on a Sunday. You're probably agreeing and adding the words, only sometimes. Anyway, last Sunday evening, as I'm reflecting upon the dare, I heard a whisper from God. Well, if truth be told, it was more like a thunderbolt that it got me up and I had to start writing straight away. Concerned the, the Bible verse that I left you with last week from Song of Songs, which I invited us to meditate upon this week. Do you remember the verse? If you don't, here it is. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? This is what hit me about this verse, which I wished I'd then got on to say last Sunday morning. What if this verse is a prophetic word for each of us, both individually and as a church at this time, to remain, to help us to remain emotionally healthy and spiritually alive? What if this is the goal? to enable us to live through this storm? What if this is the purpose to help us through and to help us to thrive through this storm we're living through, which is God's desire for each of us? What if this verse is a vision for us? What if this is the picture of the future to produce passion in our souls, to search after and go on a walk with the living Jesus, which is so transformational through this storm? An invitation, as we saw last week, of intimacy intention and identity where we walk closer to him changed by him walking leaning upon him so that after this storm is over those closest to us can see the changes that the living Jesus has made into our in our lives and we've thrived through this storm because they see more of Jesus in us or maybe others notice the changes but they can't articulate them in in this way because they don't know Jesus and so it gives us an opportunity to then witness to the impact that the living Jesus has had upon our lives. How would we feel if that were us? Or how would we feel to hear those words from God that Jesus heard after his baptism when all the crowds were around saying, and instead God says to us, this is my child and add your name. With him or with her, I am well pleased. It's a mountain breaking moment, isn't it? Well, that was last Sunday evening and the conversation continued a little into Tuesday morning. But it's every day, isn't it? We ride this thing called the Corona Coaster, the emotional roller coaster of endless loops, of highs and crashing loops, where just when we feel it's about to stop, there's a dark tunnel ahead and we're not sure if there's light at the end of it or another twist or turn. And we arrive at another week of uncertainty ahead. It messes with our mental and emotional state of well-being. At times it feels like we're living with low levels of tensions which surface at the most inopportune moments because we're more anxious and, and more stressed. We get tired quickly. We're more grumpy, easily irritated, prone to frustration and mood swings. And that's just some of the side effects. What does it say about our faith? 
if Jesus can't help us to thrive in these times, to be emotionally healthy and spiritually alive. In this series, we're exploring some of the invitations that Jesus gave in the Gospels of his life, which were so powerful to those first hearers and have been transformative through the ages to help us at this time. And then we're rooting each of these invitations of Jesus in an exercise that we can work on through the week and put into practice in our everyday lives as we daily ride this thing called the Corona Coaster so that in the words of the prophet Jeremiah, we walk down this ancient path with Jesus, leaning on him as our beloved, as he provides rest for our souls. Here's today's invitation from Jesus. An invitation which Jesus' first disciples received whilst also in a lockdown scenario that first Easter. We read, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful invitation from the living Jesus to walk down the ancient path, leaning on him, breathing into us the breath of the Holy Spirit where we're walking so close to him that we feel his breath. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure how I would have coped through these storms without knowing the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. A storm which not only affects our ability to breathe, but as we've seen, chokes us in so many other ways. Here is an invitation to receive the life-giving breath of the Holy Spirit in our lungs. There is only one other occasion in the Bible where this word for breathed is used and it's significant. It's in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 where God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and he became a living soul. Thus signifying that just as the original creation was completed by an act of God, so too the new creation is completed by an act from the head of the new creation. This invitation is about a new way of living. Leaning into Jesus as he breathes into us and we feel his breath and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. It's also, though, an invitation about walking at a new pace. For this is an invitation to slow down, to learn to walk at God's pace of life, leaning upon him, our beloved. I first heard this phrase nearly 20 years ago now and I've never forgotten it. The first part goes like this, God is a three miles per hour God. Lots of us consciously or unconsciously live our lives or have lived our lives in a fast lane. We chase the deadlines, we want instant fixes, we want to be the first to experience new experiences, we buy more stuff just because we can. Maybe we're wanting God to move bigger or quicker through this storm. Maybe we're getting impatient for him to act. Here's the rest of that phrase. God is a three miles per hour God, yet we struggle to keep up. The character changes he wants to make and we resist. The lifestyle choices we repeatedly choose that is not the ancient path for us to follow. The career choices that limit us or don't allow us to keep pace with him. 
In many ways, the waves of this storm we are living through has forced us to slow down. But slow down for what? I don't know if you saw the results last Wednesday that came out from the media watchdog Ofcom. It was their annual study into the UK's media habits. And by the way, I don't think these results would be any different for Jersey. But let me ask you a question. The question is this. How much less time do you think we spent watching TV and streaming services during lockdown against a typical period of time? Yes, you heard me correctly. How much less time do you think we spent watching TV and streaming services during lockdown as against a typical period of time? And we all know the answer is that just by me articulating such a question, you're asking, well, where have I been these past five months? Did you know we spent 40% of our waking time in front of a screen? either watching TV or an online video. That's got nothing to do with work, by the way. In lockdown, 12 million people in the UK signed up for a streaming service for the first time, like like Amazon Prime or Netflix, and there are other ones available as well. Here's how Ofcom themselves described this surge in terrestrial and digital TV viewing and online videos. They described it as genuinely extraordinary. And guess what? If you think this is just a fad, more than half of the adults with these new streaming services are going to carry on using them and spend the same amount of time watching them. And don't just think it's the young people, by the way. A third of 55 to 64-year-olds and 15% of 65-plus-year-olds are using subscription services. Now, of course, some of us were watching lots of church services, weren't we? But I'm not sure they were included. How will we remember lockdown? By the number of box sets we we binged on, whether on Netflix or Sky or the BBC iPlayer, God is a three miles per hour God. Yet we struggle to keep up. Today's ancient practice to exercise this week is a practice to help us to slow up and learn a new way of walking, leaning into Jesus where we feel his breath as he breathes the breath of the Holy Spirit into us it's actually called a breath prayer as i call it a a spirit prayer because the hebrew word ruach and the greek word pneuma is the same for both breath and spirit in the bible a breath prayer is a simple short prayer said in a single breath it's actually a prayer linked to our rhythm of breathing it could be spoken maybe as a whisper it can be thought in our minds as we breathe But it usually involves minimal words. It could be a a Bible verse. It could be just one or or, or two words. It could be a well-known prayer like the Lord's Prayer could actually be prayed in this way. In his book, How to Pray, Pete Gregg helpfully illustrates a four-step process of how to pray this simple prayer, which I've put in more detail on the church website. Step one is to relax. We can only pray this prayer if we're relaxed. Where we find a posture prayer that we're relaxed with. It could be kneeling, standing, seated. It's somewhere that's meaningful for you. Step two is to breathe. Before we start praying, we breathe in deeply and slowly 
You know, those type of prayers that, that fill our lungs, that fill our chest, that fill our ribs. And we hold our breath there. And then we breathe out. And we do this for as long as necessary to, to start to, where we start to feel relaxed. It might be up to 10 times. And then step three is to start to speak. As we're sat quietly, as we're breathing slowly and deeply, we start to pray. And as we do this, we listen to what God might be saying into our hearts or, or to our bodies. The idea being that it's in our breath prayer that it settles inside of us so much so that we're almost praying the prayer from inside of us before it's come out of our mouths. For instance, if we're praying the Lord's Prayer, we may pray it in this way, that we may pray the first line, our Father in heaven, as we're breathing in. And then hallowed be your name as we breathe out and so on. And then the final stage, stage four, is to repeat. You see, a feature of breath prayer is repetition. If we were praying that Lord's Prayer, we might find it helpful to, to pray a number of times or to say a number of times a particular verse of the Lord's Prayer because we need it at that particular moment. Or it might be that our minds wander as they often do in prayer, and we, we just carry on again from where we feel we lost his attention. Now, some of us may be thinking, well, isn't this mindfulness? And you'd be correct, but what is mindfulness? Well, in the words of, of John Mark Comer that I wished I'd kind of written, mindfulness is like prayer minus the best part. Jesus. Many practitioners of breath prayers say that it's actually helpful and it's a good exercise to practice for 15 minutes a day. Why? Well, not least because breath prayers are scientifically proven to help us with our mental and emotional well-being. Because by deep breathing in this way, slowly over an extended period of time, maybe 12 minutes every day, scientists will tell us it will reduce the stress levels in our brain and therefore transform our minds. Don't about you, but I think this sounds a bit like the ancient wisdom from the Apostle Paul written nearly 20 years ago in the Bible when he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So to close, I'm going to invite us to pray a breath prayer that was written by Sheridan Voisey, the author, the speaker at last year's church weekend. I actually found this breath prayer a few months ago. And fittingly, it's a breath prayer written and based upon the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But before we practice this prayer, just a reminder that the only person who can ride the Corona Coaster for you is you. Therefore, we have to do the exercise ourselves and train wisely, rather than try harder. The last part of that verse from the book of Jeremiah that we've been thinking about so much over these past two months, inviting us to follow these ancient paths, says this. Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good ways lie and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. The hardest person to train is yourself. We have to overcome our own rebellion and resistance this week. Don't be that person who says, I will not walk this way. Leaning upon Jesus. You'll also find this prayer, the link to this prayer on the church website as well for you to look 
afterwards. And so shall we pray. And as we pray, you might want to just sit comfortably. You might want to take a few deep breaths, breathing in deeply and then breathing out. You might want to open your arms to receive all that God has to say. And as I say the words, I receive your, and it'll be a part of the fruit of the Spirit. We breathe in. And then as I say the words and release mine, we breathe out. Lord God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive your love and release my insecurity. I receive your joy and release my unhappiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your patience and release my impulsiveness. I receive your kindness and release my indifference. I receive your goodness and release my ungodliness. I receive your faithfulness and release my disloyalty. I receive your gentleness and release my severity. I receive your self-control and release my self-indulgence. Amen. I've said that prayer a little quickly. You just say that a bit, bit slower, and that will help you through this week.